Welcome to day 233 of Shaped by the Word, season two. Uh, we come to one of my favorite passages uh, in the book of Isaiah, the commissioning of Isaiah. But the commissioning of Isaiah uh, begins with a vision of the Lord and of his majesty and of his of his glory. And uh, it is a rich passage that sets, sets the tone for everything that's happened. This is Isaiah's commissioning, so we're going backwards in, in time. Uh, we've seen his message through the first you know, five chapters uh, pronouncing judgment. And, and the judgment is a beautiful way to start the book, or not a beautiful way to start the book, but a very poignant way to start the book. You start with the hardness of his message, then you come back and see his call. And then you're going to see as we read through the rest of the week the hope that follows you know, the judgment you know, that comes, you know, comes with it. So we're in Isaiah you know, chapter 6. Uh, before we read, let's pause and offer ourselves in uh, this moment uh, to the Lord. Father, we thank you uh, for the vision you give us of yourself in Scripture. We thank you for the way that seeing you clearly uh, calls into sharp relief who, who we are. And we thank you for your provision for us in our, in our sin and in our deepest need. We thank you, Father, that you are high and lifted up. And Father, may we, as we read, have our affections stirred toward you. May we have a, a greater vision of who you are, and we look forward to the day when we will see you face to face. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet and with two they were flying and they were calling to one another holy 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 is the lord almighty the whole earth is full of his glory the sound of their voices the doorpost and the threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke woe to me i cried i am ruined for i'm a man of unclean lips i live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the king the lord almighty then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who shall go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. He said, Go and tell this people, be ever hearing, but never understanding, be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Make the heart of this people calloused, make their ears dull, and close their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. Then I said, For how long, Lord? And he answered, Till the cities lie ruined and without inhabitant, till the houses are left deserted and the fields ruined and ravaged, until the Lord has sent everyone far away and the land is utterly forsaken. And though a tenth remains in the land, it will again be laid waste. But as a terebinth and oak leaf stumps, when they are cut down, so the holy seed will be the stump in the land. And there is Isaiah's there is Isaiah's call, and of course it also comes with the pronouncement that we hear, you know, on the lips of Jesus and on the lips of Paul as well. That uh, this will be a people who are so resist, resistant to truth that uh, they will be offered truth uh, one more time, only to seal their fate. And and it's a very stark uh, picture of the rejection of Israel. How prophets have been sent time and time again, and. And Isaiah's message is to declare the truth, but the effect of declaring the truth will not be that people respond in repentance to the truth, but their hard hearts will be even more hardened until God has carried out his just judgment on them. What a calling. 
Yeah. I just think about when I felt called to ministry <laughs> and it was so hopeful and so exciting. And so the question I asked myself is if I had known, if I had been told that no one was going to listen to anything that I say, like, would I still have been as willing to do it? But you see, Isaiah is very willing and I love his humility. Um, with the, you know, woe is me, woe to me, I'm ruined, I'm a man of yeah. unclean lips. Well, how, you know, how can you help but uh, be humbled when you have a, a vision of the eternal God? Exactly. I mean, it is, uh, however, you know, however we may perceive ourselves, we, we never rightly perceive ourselves unless we do so in relation to who God is and to what he has created us for and what he has redeemed us in and for in, in the distance. And of course, there's a, one of the first things that happens to Peter, you know, after the miraculous catch of fish, all of a sudden he, he gives a glimpse of the power of God in the person of mm -hmm. Jesus. And, and his first response is not, whoa, look at the fish. His first response is, Lord, depart from me. Uh, I am a sinful man. And, and you say, see the same thing with Isaiah. Mm -hmm. Isaiah said, you know, I, I'm a man of unclean lips. And, of course, he looks more broadly. I live with a people of unclean lips. And, I, and I've seen the king. Yeah. We're walking through Isaiah and um, using Tim Chester's you know, short or kind of brief commentary as a guide. And one of the things he points out is when Isaiah meets the Lord here, he meets him in a way that he sees the glory of God, he hears the glory of God, and then he feels the glory of God. You know, and it's just this overwhelming moment where Isaiah all of his does, all of his senses are engaged. He's seeing the glory of God. And then, yeah, he receives that call. But, you know, that call is, is much less focused on, you know, oh, man, no one's going to respond. But I've seen the Lord. Yeah, how can I not go? Mm -hmm. Sure, I'll go to a people that will never respond. And I'll do it for as long as you want me to do it. Yeah, because he is, he's been so, you know, captured by, by this God and his glory. Yep. And, and this is unique, you know, among the prophets. You usually see a reluctance. Uh, so with Moses... So I, I can't speak, and, and, and who am I you know, to go? Couldn't you, you find somebody else? And then Jeremiah is the same way. There's a strong hesitancy on the part of Jeremiah to respond you know, to the call of the Lord. And, and so Isaiah's response is, is, is pretty remarkable mm -hmm. in light of everything that is going on in the context you know, that he's placed in, the message he'll be given. You know, Lord, here I am, and, and I'm ready you know, to respond to your message. And just the picture of the, the um, coal, I think, is God's mercy. I mean, he's just finished saying, I'm a man of unclean lips with a people of unclean lips. And and his lips are touched with this coal, this burning coal. And God has provided a way um, for him to share the God, the Lord's words, um, because not because of anything that Isaiah has done, but God has made a way. And it's such a picture of the atoning work of Jesus. I mean, without without the the purification that we have from him um we we would be in that category as well and, and of course we shouldn't miss the fact that uh, the call comes from the altar uh, which was right. the place of atonement mm -hmm. uh, as a matter of fact that will be the word uh you know that is used you know by paul when uh, he talks about you know, christ being the propitiation or the atoning sacrifice for our sin he'll he'll refer you know to the mercy seat on which the blood from the altar is taken and 
and, and shattered and, and so the place of atonement you know is very very important here and you also hear echoes of uh you know the baptism you know that uh, jesus would bring would be a baptism of the holy spirit and fire mm-hmm. as well uh, the cleansing and the infilling uh, or the judgment and the infilling or the purifying and in the infilling and and so you have a beautiful picture of also <clears throat> what happens to us that god uh, purifies us and places his spirit in this as well. No, I think you know, the Apostle Paul, you know, s- speaks of this when he's addressing the church in Corinthians and Second Corinthians, and you know, so we see Isaiah here. He kind of beholds the glory of the Lord, and he, he's he's changed, and 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 Paul picks up on that, and when he says, you know, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, we are then being transformed to the image. Uh, ever increasing uh, into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the lord you know who is the spirit and then you know john in his gospel speaks to you know we've seen his glory the glory of the only one the son who come from the father full of grace and truth and so you know we we as well are transformed and we behold the glory of christ and the spirits at work transforming us and, and changing us i love too how isaiah's vision begins here you know in in the day where one throne becomes empty, there is one throne that remains occupied. You know, and just that contrast of the king Uzziah died in this year, but then the Lord, I saw him seated on a throne. Mm-hmm. You know, and you will watch kings, you know, and, and earthly rulers and powers. It, it, you know, it changes. We, we die, and yet there is one who remains seated on a throne forever. The train of his robe fills the temple. His glory overwhelms us. And, and I mean, so much of... Isaiah moving forward in this message of, you know, judgment, but hope will come, you know, is, a, is rooted in, and we'll see it um, this week, is rooted in the fact that God is sovereign, seated on a throne, ruling over all things. No, those are wonderful images. You know, when you talk about mm-hmm. uh, the temple, you know, being the place where the glory of the Lord is present, uh, Isaiah says it, it merely holds the train of his robe, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that uh, you know, is only the beginning, you know, of what we see in the glory of God, and you hear the word, you know, seraphim, you know, the fiery ones, uh, you know, who are covering their face and covering their feet in the presence, uh, you know, of, of the Lord, and you hear at the sound of their posts, you know, sound of their voices, the doorpost, you know, shake, and the temple is filled with smoke, and of course that transports us all the way back to Sinai when the mountain is shaken, mm-hmm. you know, with the glory of God, uh, which is a precursor, you know, to the passage you talked about while ago. And David, where the people said, you know, don't don't ask us to come into the presence of the Lord. We want you to go up for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Paul talks about Moses wearing a veil, mm-hmm. uh, even after the glory had gone. But all of us with unveiled faces, beholding as in the mm-hmm. mirror the image of God, are being transformed into that image from one degree of glory to another. And this is by God, who is mm-hmm. who is the Spirit. And then you you have, of course, you know John saying. Um, what we will one day be has not yet been made known, but when he appears, we'll be like him, for we will see him as he is. And how transforming, you know, vision, uh, you know, of the Lord is to who, who we are. And, and these are passages we need to come back to time and time mm-hmm. again. These are things that we need to be reminded of again and again. And this, is, of course, is uh, the heart of our worship. Our worship is to, as David expressed, to go into the temple of the Lord and to gaze upon his, on his beauty, to be reminded of the majesty and the holiness and the power and the grace and the beauty uh, you know, of our Lord. 
and, and to have our, our vision ever expanding of who he is, which puts us in proper perspective, puts our need in proper perspective and causes us to respond in, in the appropriate way. Mm-hmm. I, I need to be cleansed, and here I am. Send me. Mm. David, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Let's pray. And Father, we do humbly come before you asking that as we do behold you, as we gaze at you, would you give us eyes to see, ears to hear. Um, may we not be calloused and never perceiving and never understanding. Um, Father, may you do that deep grace of opening the eyes of our hearts to see you. And in that, may we be transformed um, to be your people um, for your glory. We pray that all in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Amen.